1990, the internet as we know it was created. An invention of infinite possibilities and unknown potential. There are now over 2 billion websites currently in existence. A wealth of information, functionality, and social media. However, if you dig deeper, there lies more beneath the surface. The strange, bizarre, and dark corners of the net. Welcome to the Weird Wide Web. Welcome back. Oh, we were recording that whole time. To the Weird Wide Web. Season 2, episode 2, but we're going to call 15? it episode 15. Ch- chapter 9. Chapter what? 6. Officer. Yes, officer. Exactly. We're back with another one. A mystery. A story of vengeance. A tale of catfishing. Oh. And. Murder? Mystery? <laughs> Murder. I don't know. It's up to you. Oh, me. That's right. I'm telling you the yeah. story. Nile. First of all, hey, let's do this right. I'm Yale. This is Nile. Welcome to the Weird Wide Web. Hey, we introduced ourselves. Two. Oh, God, we're getting good at this. By season two, you guys should already know us. Yeah, you should know, because I don't think we intro- we barely introduced ourselves. Yeah, we're not doing a great job at that. Uh, we're just voices. It's fine. Nameless. Nameless. That, uh, uh, like, uh, what's her name? Arya? Arya Stark? Ariana Stark. I'm a little girl. I don't have a name. <laughs> yeah, that's... That was another character I'm working on. <laughs> Arya Stark. It's I'm a little girl. I don't have a name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's the nameless girl. Do you? Uh, no, I don't have a name. And they used to call me for school, and they'd say, who are you? And I'd say, I don't have a name. I don't have a name. <laughs> Give me your face. Give me your face. I Give don't have a name. Right now. <laughs> Stop that girl. Who? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Hey, you. You without the name. Shit! We're going to go back a little bit. What was your first social media presence online? It has to be... Also, I, I want to take my time on this one because mm. it used to be a mm. hot topic. Ruminate. How to fucking pronounce it. Yeah. Like AOL instant messaging. AIM, some people called it. AIM. A-I-M. AIM. Is that the cool that's, kids were that's AIM? That's what I'm saying is AIM. Yeah. But is that a so? I guess that was social media. Yeah. yeah, that was like one of the OGs. That was the hot stuff. You had a profile. You had a an info. Yeah. Place you could leave away messages. Yeah. Sad songs broke up with. Got got broken up with by a girl I talked to twice. Uh huh. We we were in a class together for years, but I only talked to her twice. Fish people for their IP addresses so you could gain uh access to their computers or make a a <laughs> fake account. To then message all of your friends. What do you think about this this guy in your school? Isn't he hot? Big rock and bod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and five. <laughs> Girl, but I guess what I mean is Oh, you you talking like I'm talking I think that I think that's fucking social media, but it is just social media. No, you're completely right. But I'm talking about like you want to go beyond friends and chats and away messages we ain't slacking you want to post your interests your photos your top friends oh my top friends your top friends where are you going oh there's only one place i'm going baby yeah bebo bebo 
<laughs> the Hamo Hotel. <laughs> Bebo, baby. Bebo was like the Irish MySpace. <laughs> but was you want really? me to say, okay, I'll say MySpace. It just tastes... Yeah, no. Oh, MySpace. Yeah, oh, MySpace. Oh, with our good friend Tom. Yes. Yeah. He oh. has the most friends in the world. Um, He's the most... He has the most friends in the world. Him and his math whiteboard. Tom. And his white shirt. He had a white shirt, right? He had a white shirt. Yeah. He was sitting at a desk. He had a whiteboard He's behind kind of turned him. around. He's giving smiling. us a little, like, a little cheeky. A little over the shoulder. Oh, me? Oh, did I program oh, this? Tom? Oh, did I program this? Oh, is this MySpace? I remember MySpace was like the first time I felt really cool because I was plugging in. I was coding yeah. and making my profile unique. I wasn't doing anything. I was full on just copying, pasting yeah, but code. But I was, was like, oh shit, dude, I'm hacking this. Yeah. The first four A and or four yay, four four yay. Four yeah, the first four yay. Four yay. Into four yay, twenty twenty four. Four yay. <laughs> um yeah, no, so yeah, MySpace was like the first big one. Cause that was um like Right before we were going into high school, probably mm-hmm. that it, that it became a real big thing for us, um, and yeah. promote yeah. your band on it. The, dude, the big one of the top songs. Biggest stress was finding the right song, and you didn't want to find a bitch ass fucking song that like you had to borrow from their um, like music oh. little thing. You had to get your own. You had to, and not only that, you had to have the cool like side banner of the album of cover the, or or in our our mixtape cover dude i wanted that unique <laughs> i knocked water everywhere i wanted that unique media player with my hot unknown rappers that i pulled from datpiff.com yes oh fuck dude are you kidding me cushion oj <laughs> Wiz Khalifa, let's fucking go datpiff.com get those bootlegs everything Free downloads everything was soldier boy everything you tried to download shit and he was Ooh, like ha, i got say. you again <laughs> you <laughs> buy my game console <laughs> yeah myspace was a wild time i uh it was super antisocial, so I didn't do a lot of communicating on it. Didn't have a lot of top friends? No, I had top friends. Tom. Tom. <laughs> Tom's uh, brother. Tom. Dancing, dancing Stormtrooper. Yeah. Peter Griffin. I'm <laughs> literally naming like actual fucking people I had as friends. And then someone finally told me, like, no, those are like actual people who just use that as their profile. You shouldn't follow them. What? And it was wasn't like, really Peter Griffin? Yeah, one was like... um. I had um, yogurt from uh, Spaceballs. food? <laughs> <laughs> yogurt from the grocery store? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, MySpace. MySpace was a good time. Uh-huh. I have, and I, I refuse to delete it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we can look it up. Um, we can find it. I had like one of those classic douchey uh, selfies as my profile picture. Oh, top-down angle? Dude, top down angle. I had I was in a in a bathroom mirror with a hood on. Uh-huh. Inside with a hood on. And this was I was I think I was 13. I can tell you. I definitely had an edited photo that said Yale bomb on uh, it. Oh, I know. I found it. I have it. Yeah. Well, that was the lead up is that you still had it. Oh, sorry. Do you want to retake run, run it back? Jared, get Jared. Who's our editor? <laughs> 
Jaden. Jaden. <laughs> oh yeah, fully edited with like I don't even know what I edited in. I'm pretty sure it was Microsoft Word, probably, and just threw up Yale. But oh, I was the coolest. Cooler than me, man. Probably not. I didn't talk to anybody. But that's what we're getting to, is that while me we might not have done it because one of us is antisocial and the other person was friending fake cartoon characters, mm-hmm. but MySpace was in fact used to contact and talk with many people. And what we're going to look at is MySpace being used to hunt a killer. <gasps> Let's get in to the MySpace vigilante. I don't know why I whispered that. MySpace is quiet. Dude, oh no, MySpace was the opposite of quiet. Do you remember you would load someone's page and it would just start blasting their fucking song? You had no like warning. And back then, internet was not like you didn't know when it was coming in and it would just refresh and it'd be like, <gasps> Like, Somebody oh, was. <laughs> that was good. Mine was Little Wayne just fucking blasting. Yeah, I think, I think we should bring MySpace back. It's not really gone. People, everybody thinks that MySpace they died. Changed it to like music heavy. Right? They went super music heavy, made it like really band focused, and I think they've actually been doing well. But I think we should bring it back to the original. Yeah. Mark Zuckfuck is going like downhill with his meta obsession. I'm gonna be at the metaverse. Yeah, you know, I never believed in crypto. Yeah. I knew that all was going to hell. <laughs> you know, fuck us, right? Also, just to get this, I because I can't fucking let it go before we get into the reading. I just meta is already created. This thing we have second life. People they made second life. They tried to make a, a world inside a fucking video game. It didn't work. There's VR chat. That's doing well, but it's already a thing. Yeah. Fuck off, robot. Also, Metaverse, just as an idea, is, is overused of like talking about the Metaverse. This like, almost like fucking primal plane field that you can just build yeah. on. Where it's like, no, it's, it's basically just separate areas that people are fucking He's trying to be um, that guy from The Matrix. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> anyway, let's get in to the MySpace vigilante. Around 8 p.m. on a crisp February night in Riverside, California, the Theobald family was readying for a run-of-the-mill night out at a local restaurant. As the members gather their belongings, Belinda Mother to Crystal. Wait, Belinda? Belinda. Oh, that's such a good name. Mother to Crystal notes a white Ford Explorer is hastily speeding away from its position parked in front of their house. She considered it strange but not out of the ordinary and returned to herding the family into their two cars. Belinda and the others piled into the first car. Crystal joined her boyfriend, Juan Patlan brother, Justin, and a few others in the second car. Belinda pulls her car out of the driveway and begins down their road, with the second car falling closely behind. Arriving at the intersection, Belinda notes a strange figure is standing at the corner. Her attention is abruptly pulled away as the white Ford Explorer screeches into the middle of the intersection directly in front of them, facing the two cars and blaring their headlights towards their eyes. What? (laughs) 
I didn't write that. I tried to ad lib that. <laughs> oh, no shit, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, the right forward explorer screeches into the intersection. It's blaring their headlights. Belinda, Juan, and Crystal, my eyes. <laughs> Belinda acts quickly and launches her car forward, swerving around the white Ford Explorer and through the in- intersection to the left of the car. The mysterious man on the corner raises a gun and loads shots into the second car holding Justin, Crystal, and her boyfriend. The back window shatters as the second car speeds away, following Belinda's path. The car is next picked up at 8.47pm on the security camera of a nearby supermarket. The grainy footage shows the following heartbreaking moments. All the passengers pile out of the car, screaming for help from anyone. Juan, Crystal's boyfriend, exits the driver's seat, clutching his side, blood spattered across his shirt. Justin, exits the vehicle holding Crystal's now motionless body. Emergency vehicles soon arrive, and the family members are rushed to the hospital. Juan undergoes surgery for a gunshot wound to the abdomen and thankfully survives. After two days in the hospital, Crystal, tragically, passed away at the age of 24. Who was Crystal Theobald? Crystal Theobald was the youngest of four kids and the only girl. She was born and raised in Riverside, an area primarily known for its affordability in the Southern California area. She was consistently described as a kind and loving person, known to make lasting impressions on many of her family members, immediate and distant. Crystal moved out of her family home and was married at a young age. One night at a slot machine, the couple won $3,800 at a slot machine. Oh, I wonder which one. I'm a big slots guy. You're a big slots guy? Yeah, yeah. Know all the slots? Yeah. Was it... uh, Your slots for a slot? Was it Buffalo King? That's that's one. You can look that up. Mark that one, (laughs) It's a real... uh, Floating Dragon? Was it maybe that one? Hey, now. Yeah? Dollar slots. These are all dollar slots. Big Bass? (laughs) The fishing game? (laughs) Yeah. The newly married couple opened up an AC installation and surfacing company with their winnings. The business was growing, and they followed the success with the birth of their two little girls. Sadly, her husband fell back into drug use, sending the company into a decline. She took her two little girls, left her husband, and moved back in with her mother. The change suited Crystal, and she was happily raising her kids again, having left her ex and the company behind. Crystal soon started dating her current boyfriend, Juan, until the night of her devastating murder. Reviewing Crystal's life, Not a single element points to any clear motive that would justify the brutal attacks she and her family experienced that night. So let's get in to the police investigation. I wonder who did it. Riverside PD arrives at the bleak scene of the suburban intersection to begin their investigation. They are met with a bleak amount of evidence. Only a few bullet casings and a lone shoe, which was soon discovered to have no relevance to the case at hand. They then proceeded to go door to door and collect witness statements from the surrounding houses. I'm sorry. What? The shoe? I love how you threw that in because it has nothing to do with anything. But you just wanted to throw that fact in. Well, I was, it's it's to point to the fact that there was pretty much nothing that they could find there in terms of of evidence. They found a few casings and a shoe. That's what they found. But then you're saying the shoe had nothing to do with it. So it's like some some other random guys just walking around with one shoe somewhere. Where the like, fuck where I put my shoe? Uh, well, uh, well, I hope it doesn't end up anywhere that could get me in trouble. No, it's the it's the show that there was not a lot of evidence there 
But if I didn't mention that it didn't have any relevance, then you would be thinking the entire time, well, as soon as they find the DNA on the shoe, they'll get the killer. That's true. So I just wanted to squash that now. You could say, could I have squashed that by not including it? Maybe. But I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it to you. Okay. Shoe, no shoe. Let's magoo. Let's magoo, as they say in the police investigations. Frustratingly, these interviews proved useless in gleaning any more information. The lead detective assigned to the case, Detective Rick Wheeler, great detective name, explains that this was all too common in the Riverside area. The investigation at hand would be a long, uphill battle for the truth. The difficulty of this case was partly due to the area it occurred in. Though consisting of tight-knit communities, Riverside did experience a large share of poverty issues. This, in turn, led to heightened gang activity and drug use in the area. Though there were a couple, the largest and most well-known in the country was a gang called 5150. Unsurprisingly, when interviewed on the night, 5150 was identified as the culprit by all the Theobald family members. On the night of Crystal's murder, Detective Wheeler ran the initial interviews of the Theobald family. From the start, he was immediately met with resistance from the family. Belinda herself states her distrust and lack of confidence in the local PD. Of the family members, Belinda seemed to have the most descriptive information about the mysterious gunman. In combination with the entire family pointing to 5150, Detective Wheeler brought up brought in a large binder filled with pictures of gang-affiliated men. The two flip through the pages of the binder until Belinda stops and miraculously identifies one of the photos as the shooter. Energized by this potential of a much-needed lead in the lackluster case, Detective Wheeler and the RPD spend the next few days tracking down and bringing the potential suspect. Unfortunately, upon questioning the possible suspect, Detective Wheeler was met with an airtight alibi and a massive setback in an already weak investigation. This setback also brought into question Belinda's trustworthiness concerning the case. Unfortunately, this slip-up was not the only reason police held ire towards Belinda and her family. Peering into the Theobald's family history, a picture begins forming as to why. They have a general distrust of the police. It turns out that a handful of the Theobald family members, including Belinda, had multiple arrests, patterns of drug use, and possible gang affiliations. (sighs) Due to their revelation, police began to suspect the shooting may may have had more motivation. Thankfully, Riverside PD would discover a critical piece of information through continued witness testimonies. On the night of the 24th, two white Ford explorers were driving around. Wow. I gotta check something. (laughs) I was like, the suspense on that one. I knew I did it. What? When I was writing it up, my my brain kept swapping Ford explorers and expeditions. Oh... They're also very similar. I think expeditions were bigger. I think it's expedition. I'm going to commit to expedition and we'll roll with it. 
we're just going to roll with it. Because it said my notes say expedition more than explorer. Yeah. I think I just missed one explorer. I said we rolled with it. We're rolling with it. On the night of the 24th, two white Ford expeditions were driving around. I thought they were explorers. Fucker! <laughs> Due to the initial re- interactions, the Theobald family, especially Belinda, were removed as a reliable source for the investigation. Slowly, frustration took grasp of Belinda, and the urge for action intensified. One day, Crystal's 14-year-old cousin came to Belinda with an idea. Use MySpace to track down the mysterious gunman. Belinda jumped at the idea and told her niece to go ahead and make the account. Crystal's cousin searched the internet to find the image that would serve as the start and main draw of their catfish vigilante. She saw a picture of a girl around Crystal's age wearing a Superman shirt and felt that was fitting as the account would be their superhero tracking down Crystal's killer. I like their thinking. They named the fictional profile Rebecca and began filling her page with gang-friendly interests. Rebecca was a fun and flirty girl who loved smoking weed and partying. Crystal's cousin found and friended every 5150 member she could find. Crystal's cousin went about messaging all of these members and slowly tried to glean any information. Despite her efforts in messaging after a month of work, little to no information was discovered. This is also just to say that what they're doing, I like it. But it it speaks to, like, I think the age of MySpace as well. Mm -hmm. It was a lot easier to contact people and i think catfishing as a whole would have been a lot easier like to my right. point we, i was friending random fucking right accounts that just had cool names or cool pictures i'm trying to remember now did did uh myspace have like a private feature for your account yes i think eventually it did. But or i when uh, we started i don't think there was right eventually it's like you have to be accepted to see this person yeah, you had to be, I think you had to be friends. But it, we, were, we were young and naive and full of cum and just accepting everybody. <laughs> like, there was no... I'm sorry, what was that? We, we were young yeah, and naive. naive. Oh, that, that was the word. Sorry. Yeah. And just, like, caution to the wind. We weren't worried about internet security. Yeah, we weren't doubling up on underpants. Not at all. Caution to the wind, baby. Leaking out. Despite her efforts in messaging... After a month of work, little to no information was discovered. Disappointed by the lack of progress, Crystal's cousin decided to create another fake account. (gasps) This account used Crystal's actual picture, and she named it Angel. Oh, that's on the nose. She's really on the nose with all of these. I mean, she's 14. (laughs) I was 13, and I I said I was from Brooklyn, so I'm not from Brooklyn. Yeah. Damn, dude. Damn. Just saying, fucking it's pretty easy to be a catfish The sophistication guy. of V3 over here. <laughs> Everyone thinking I was from Brooklyn back in the day, but uh-uh-uh, gotcha, guys. Now armed with, these, with the two accounts, she proceeds along with the MySpace sting operation. Soon, the Angel account would befriend a member who went by jokes v.5150x3. 55R. X3 was like a... Wasn't that like a... Almost like a heart? Because V3 is a heart. V, 
No. Oh, less no, than no, no. three yeah, is a yeah, heart. Yeah. Sorry, I was. Yeah. Okay. No. It, no. No. X three is. I mean, it kind. Yeah. yeah Looking yeah. at it, kind of is, but there's. It's a heart with a kickstand. Going back to my aim days, they definitely know. Uh, I a lot of girls had uh, kickstand hearts. All right. He was also known as William Sotelo. Unlike the majority of MySpace members that Crystal's cousin was pursuing, Jokes was unabashedly promoting his 5150 affiliations. His account was filled with talk of drug use, gang affiliation, and willingness to commit violence. Angel's account began the messaging, teasing, and flirting, earning the trust of Jokes without being too blatant about the investigation. After two months of careful befriending, Angel tries to get Jokes to talk more openly about his drug use and selling. Angel concocted her sob story, explaining her mother's recent struggle and arrest with heroin. To the Theobald's surprise, Jokes responded uncharacteristically sweetly, offering to help in any way he could, this all despite his very open drug use persona online. However, they would soon gain their first significant lead. One day, Jokes writes to Angel, letting her know about a party he was having and how he wanted to meet her finally. With the plan to back out at the last minute and, and to avoid raising suspicion, Angel agrees. On the day of the party, Angel reveals the bad news that she wouldn't be able to make it, though Jokes seemed determined to get her there. After a few excuses from Angel, Jokes offers to just come and pick her up. Angel seizes the opportunity and asks him, if you were to pick me up, what would it be in? Jokes responds, in my white Ford Expedition. <gasps> Joke's on you! We got you! Now we're going to switch our attention back to the police investigation. And it's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> back to MySpace! The Theobalds went directly to the police with their newly discovered piece of information. The police, having little to go on at that moment, jumped at the chance of a potential lead. They tracked down William Sotelo and brought him in for questioning. This interrogation became a major turning point in the investigation. Perhaps due to, the, to fear, William ended up walking through the whole night with the cops. William explained that he was with a group of his friends, suspected 5150 members, when a friend came up to them claiming that they had been shot out by one of the Theobald brothers. A slight that would not be met with inaction from the 5150 members. They piled into Jokes' expedition and drove out on the hunt. They soon located the rival White expedition and gave chase through the suburban area. They eventually lost the car and switched back to roaming the streets, looking for the vehicle. Locating the car again, one of the members, Julio Heredia, Heredia? Julio Heredia? Lil, a.k.a. Lil Heriro? Little Hurryo. Little Hurryo? Wait, what's, oh, what's that guy? What's that kid's name? Oh, little, little, uh, oh, what the fuck is his name? Little Munchkin? The, the little, little fat fucking. Blumpkin? The little fat dude who's. Little Terrio. Little Terrio. <laughs> little Terrio. Hey, Terrio. Yeah. It's not him. It's little, uh, little Hurryo. Locating the car again, one of the members, Julio Herrera, exited the car and walked to the street corner. According to jokes, this was our shooter. William Sotelo also revealed the other occupants of the vehicle, which turned out to be a pair of brothers. This interrogation gave police a more precise story of the possible events of the night, a possible shooter, 
and more leads to question. So they began the hunt for Julio and the brothers. So not to backtrack. Backtrack a bit. How did the cops uh, find this William guy? The Theobalds went to the cops with this information to contact and stuff like that. Jokes. Jokes. Got it. Who they knew was William Sotelo. They told him, hey. Got it. 5150 member, gang affiliated, white Ford expedition. I think I, my, my. Or explorer. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. My uh, mix up was that I didn't I expect a guy with the name William to go by jokes. Yeah. Jokes B. 5150X 3.55R. And I, I assume, I assume when he wrote that, that that's how he meant to read it. 3.55. Wait, well, wait, can you read it again? What was it? Jokes. Yeah. V. Okay. Dot. Yeah. 5150X 3.55R. So 5150R? Was that like three R is er, like you, the three is an E. But it's not 3R, 3.55R. No, it's V.50. It's V.5150. So it's jokes V, period. Mm-hmm. 5150, yeah. the gang he's part of. Yeah. X, 3.55R. Oh. Yeah, that's no. I thought, I thought he was trying to spell something It's got to but... be, I don't know, it's got to be some like either Bible or drug reference, I feel. Yeah. It's got to be something. Maybe like the. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know how big the the gang is or something. Maybe it's like a, a section. Like you have a. It's big. Like a B. Oh, like a. Like your your um. What you do in it? Your crew, you know. Maybe your, your territory, shit like that. You know, just uh, just stuff we 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 came across when we were in high school. Yeah, in our gang. Uh no, <laughs> I I was on the vigilante side. We we've been over this. Right, uh, right, right, right. When you were investigating. When I was catfishing people on AIM. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be your friend? Hey, what do you think about 10-year-old, uh, that you know, that 10-year-old kid who wears number 44 on your uh, varsity basketball team? What do you think? Sir, I'm a grown adult. I don't have an opinion on the kids. It's just a Peter Griffin profile picture. Stop messaging me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy that you made it out of the fight with that chicken, Peter. Peter? <laughs> I, you make me laugh. <laughs> Julio managed to remain hidden, but the police were able to track down the two brothers. Bringing them in for an interrogation, they immediately split the two up and questioned them separately. The eldest brother, hanging on to the gang traditions, kept silent. However, possibly from fear, the younger brother answered all the questions. That's right, he's a snitch. Fucking rat. Fuck him. Snitches go in ditches. Yeah, and snitches also um um uh get their houses lit on fire. Oh, is that where we're going? <laughs> he validated and went into more detail about the events of the night. This was a significant break for the police, but devastating for the brothers. Having been released, word soon spread of the brothers snitching on gang activity. While out at a hangout with local 5150 members, the older brother asked about the potential repercussions his brother would soon face. The answer he received was a worst-case scenario. The brothers understood the threat and decided to move to L.A. and escape the potential fatal end to their gang affiliation. So they, they also, ran? They ran. They ran from... Wait, so they... Oh, they're in Riverside and they ran to L.A. Right. 
They also begged their parents to leave the area with them, but stuck in their way, they decided against going. The parents did. Yeah. Regrettably, this would prove a destructive decision. Soon after the brothers escaped, their mother contacted them in a panic as 5150 members crowded their front lawn. The gang members proceeded to douse the innocent parents' house in gasoline and set their home ablaze. Thankfully, both parents managed to escape the blaze. However, the loss of all their possessions was devastating. Pushed by the threat to their family's life, the two brothers would go to the police and reveal the entire truth the night. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Crazy. Oh, you don't snitch, fucking little brat. The discovery of Jokes's Ford expedition was huge, but the stress of maintaining two fake accounts began to cause Crystal's cousin considerable stress. Again, because she's fucking 14. Wait, yeah, that's insane that she's <laughs> running this whole behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so she's still running the Rebecca account she's and running the Crystal both. one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, running both. Absolutely. I wonder if, if they're friends. Like, she made them friends. Maybe to give more credibility. Oh, you know, I've never actually seen anything talking about that, but that would make sense. That, like, oh, Rebecca friended all these 5150. It would be like a small 10-year-old boy trying to get other boys to see if he was cool. It wasn't other boys, all right? They were guys. (laughs) (laughs) Belinda now gained access and started running the two accounts, instigating the start of her descent into the blind hunting of justice. Belinda found herself incredibly frustrated by the lack of arrests. Her conversations with potential gang members became less subtle, swaying to her just blatantly asking about the details of the night. Belinda started going to these gang members' houses and would sit and watch them. She would leave voodoo objects in their yards at some homes to instill fear. Belinda then moved on from using the accounts to find information and started reaching out to rival gang members. She tried to start fights between the gangs. Specifically, she would always mention the White Ford Expedition. This led to the destruction of several completely innocent Ford Expeditions. So many that the police had to reach out to Belinda and told her to stop. Jesus. Didn't she have, did she have an expedition? What? No. Oh, I thought she had one. Her son did. Oh, got it. Yeah. Is that the one that got shot up? That was. So the car was already fucked? Or That was one of the two white expeditions that was there that night. That one was the supposed one that shot at the 51 members oh, that got supposedly it. instigated this situation. And they were looking for that. And they shot up the car. Got exactly. it. Exactly. And Belinda's leaving little voodoo dolls around. She's leaving voodoo to, dolls. To a bunch of people who had no problem surrounding and lighting a house on fire. Uh, yep. She thinks a fucking shrunken head is going to scare them. Spooky. When you first said Belinda, I, I honestly pictured like an old lady like Belinda. Spooky. Oh, you voodoo, yeah. That voodoo, that you do so well. <laughs> Her frustration and fixation kept building and building until it edged close to a des- devastating end. Belinda, swayed by desperation for justice, devised a plan to deal with William Satello once and for all. Belinda started with research. 
the invest she investigated remote areas, spots that had long response times by police, a location not within earshot of any nearby citizens. Belinda then acquired a gun. Using the two fake accounts, she created the End of the World Party on 6606. The posting for the party didn't reveal any details and promised a night to remember. Belinda planned to announce the party's location, but would only tell jokes. Then, when he arrived at the location, Belinda would shoot him. Thankfully, Belinda's family talked her down from this idea. What? Fuck yeah. that! That's such a sick fucking... That's... If you're... Granted, if you're ever allowed to kill someone on 666... Yeah, at the end of the world party. If you're gonna do some fucked up shit, like, that was that was the one day you had. Yeah. We had our chance. We were, what, 13? What was I doing 666? It was summer. Summer of 06. That was before... That was the summer going into... That I I met you, like... For the first time, like a month or two later. Oh my god, it's the devil's dream. That's why we met. Ooh, 666. Self-imposed vigilante justice off the table, Belinda would use the angel account to reach out to William Sotelo one last time. She began the conversation as usual, then steered it to the loaded question. The angel account asked William Sotelo if he loved her. He comments, of course. She puts it, Pushes. Say it. He types. I love you. Then Angel responds. Then why did you kill me? The joke's account goes silent. And William Sotelo disappeared. Forever? Belinda's vigilante escapade finally subsided. But the police continued their hunt for Crystal's murders. A massive sting was concocted by the cops and deployed. The considerable effort set out to find and detain 5150 members. This led to the eventual arrest of Julio. Finally, 18 months after Crystal's murder, Julio was brought to court. The court, wanting to be hard on gang activity, pushed for the death penalty. The Theobalds removed this option off the table, and with that, Julio was sentenced to life prison. It would take another 10 years and a tip on Facebook to Belinda before William Sotelo would finally be caught. He was arrested, hiding in Mexico, married with kids, and working as a chili farmer. Sotelo received 22 years in prison. Throughout this time, up to 10 potential 5150 members were arrested and convicted concerning the murder of Crystal Theobald. Belinda, to this day, runs a Facebook group that offers to investigate crimes committed in the Riverside area, hoping to provide the same amount of closure that she had with Crystal. What a nice bow that it went from fucking MySpace to Facebook. Yeah, right? Yeah, 10 years later, she got a little Facebook tip. Old Satello was just chili farming in the back. Just chili farming with his family. Motherfucker. But yeah, I mean... But it was crazy. They fucking, I like all the pertinent information other than like the confessions by the brothers. Yeah. Was gleamed from this fucking catfish attempt. It's so, it's such a cool thing. Also to think back then, I just feel like we had more time back then to like do like a full investigation like this. And like, and it, um, I mean, people 
I'm generalizing here, saying we as people you had more time. Individually. Back then. No. We're investigating. I was investigating. Um, no, but it's so fucking cool. And it's crazy to think, trying to think back to those times, like they were probably like watching MySpace to like because you could see when people were like online, right? Oh yeah. So like waiting for him, like come online. Yeah. He disappeared for ten years. Went to Mexico. So crazy. Chili farmer. They Married, just, had kids, went to prison. Dude, Belinda was fucking hard. She, yeah. she was just like picking off little guys everywhere. So in my research, I found out that even before Crystal, she had a brother that was wrongly shot as well. That I, if I, I could be mistaken on this, but I'm pretty sure that case is still unsolved, actually. Damn. So, I mean, knowing that, there's like, oh, shit, there's this subconscious need to like find the killer already in there yeah but yeah there it's it's really interesting because in looking at it you can also dive into the histories of these gang members lives and it's like it's not as excusing them for the like horrible shit they did but they were definitely living through some rough rough fucking childhoods and they all kind of talk about the fact that you know when they didn't have fathers and they were raising their brothers and sisters that like the 5150 gang was there for them as like a family so it's it it's not excusing them but it's definitely like tough times breed like you know tough affiliations i think so just to say you condone gang violence. <laughs> I don't know that I said that in that in in so much so many words, but um, yeah, I'm yeah sure. sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Only on the west side. West side. Yeah, you old big west side boy over here. Oh yeah. Um, no, that's uh, very cool, very interesting. I like because obviously terrible kind of crime to start it out, mm-hmm. but very, I mean, fun, interesting way to like go about figuring out the crime, how it actually worked out. And the craziest thing is that, I mean, I do, I think it would great, make a great movie. It's just like her tension with the police, but then mm-hmm. providing them the information and then almost taking it her own. Yeah. Um, well, how about the fact that like the majority of starting this was a fucking 14 year old running this like, yeah, what's, what's sting she operation? I don't know. Not doing this, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully living a normal life. She, she lives as Rebecca and, and Angel. <laughs> just fucking, I couldn't give up. I, I, I had to commit <laughs> fully. Brought me back in. I had I, to commit. I am them. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It makes me think, too, now that like she continues to do this in Riverside for Facebook groups. Yeah. How many of those different groups, like, um, I know what a big story, like, Netflix, um, the Don't Fuck With Cats mm-hmm. people in that group. Yeah. Um, well, this was made into a Netflix documentary, too. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I have to watch it. Yeah. You know, I don't have to because I just got told it Boom. by a great storyteller. I also included some information that Netflix documentary left out. Yeah, fuck That's you, Netflix. right. That's right. You nerd. I, I can't remember if it was an explorer or an expedition, but I... Fuck you, Netflix. Doesn't matter, Netflix. Yeah, put ads on my shit. Fuck you. Netflix is a joke. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, very cool. Cause I know there's like, um, yeah, groups even to help obviously with these unsolved crimes, but like missing people is a big mm-hmm. one. I've seen groups for those, like kids show up on like fucking backs of, uh, milk cartons or whatever. There's a huge community out there that are like putting in their own effort to find like missing persons. Yeah. You know who could use that? Cr- Crystal? <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But <laughs> God damn, no. Uh, uh Cape May. Because all those kids were showing up on the back of milk cartons. No one gave a fucking shit about them. And Mackie was just laughing while he's drinking out of the fucking milk cartons. Kate May, (laughs) you fucked up. It's funny because you were like, you were building up to that. And you're like, yeah, it's crazy. This community is like people showing up (laughs) at milk cartons. And it just quickly shot into my mind. I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck is the last time somebody was on the side of a fucking milk carton. I didn't I like couldn't get it. My brain couldn't make the fucking leap to goddamn summer of 84 reference, but I love it. I had to get it in, baby. <laughs> um, Who is on milk cartons? But another fun thing that I, I I figured I did a little search on while we were talking about this topic. You did some you googling? Uh, I didn't do googling. Oh. I did some spacing. Is that what you call it? So the problem is with MySpace now, uh-huh. it, it seems that they converted all of the old profiles a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and they converted some of the photos, but some of the photos don't show up. Ah, lost. But we have a couple on Yale's page that are still up. Oh, I thought you were going to look up your page. Uh, we can look up mine after, but we have very, I mean, this, dude, this is, these are the right, wildest like, photos. Let's dive into the MySpace profile. This is... Oh, oh. So we have uh, a picture, dare I say, looks like it's on the West Coast, probably Riverside, if I had to guess a place. No, that's Venice Beach. No, that looks like Riverside. That's, um, that's so we got Baby Yale with uh-huh. a leg up doing the thinker pose. Dang. Uh, on what's, a, he, what's he in pondering? In Riverside, California. Someone uh, asked, what's he pondering? Uh, probably, where do I buy a Ford Expedition? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow I, I just i gotta say of all the pictures that could have stayed up <laughs> these are the three <laughs> like dude, these are the three if you like imagine if i'm not saying i had great photos on my myspace but this is not a fair representation yeah so we got the thinker one which i'll great uh-huh. that's the best one out of the three it's the most presentable yes the second one we're gonna go to is it's just a close-up picture of a neck and a shirtless i'm hoping it's yale and dude there's just like scratches on his throat i know exactly what this is from and it's not interesting at all i'm i'm in my head i'm thinking yale should be like oh i'm that edgy new kid at school and i got choked out by my summer girlfriend and here's the proof (laughs) but it's probably ran into like a fucking stick knowing him or something from a lacrosse game. <laughs> oh my god, a fucking stick. I told you. <laughs> I totally remember that. Yeah, I got throated in a fucking lacrosse game. And I, why? I don't know why I posted that image. Oh my god. Yeah. And the last one is super fun. The last one's Halloween. It's I, Halloween for. I remember I, this party. I think that's freshman year. That is freshman year. Yeah. I remember that party. That's I, a great costume idea. That was on a great my costume. part. I have to say. Baby. For, so. To, to give some context, it's mm-hmm. Yale is sitting on one of our friends' laps. Mm-hmm. Um, Yale, hand up, having a great time. 
The our friend not is wearing full woo girl. I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo. Full woo girl. Mm-hmm. Our friend is wearing a Hooters outfit, classic. Has a wig on, so going all in. Full commitment. Yale has his checkered belt showing. Big ska guy. And then um the a kid's dinosaur costume. Yeah. That he had to rip at the bottom, so he's wearing it as just a, a top. Yeah, I uh, will say I did cut it. I didn't rip it. Okay. But um, yeah, cut the legs off a onesie-style children's dinosaur costume, made it into like a super tight short sleeve hoodie, and I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh, oh, I didn't... Okay, so now I just realized, came onto something. Uh-huh. We can scroll over and see the the caption for each photo I, as I would well. Not like to do that. So the first one does say Cali question so, mark with no proof of the town. So it's a hundred percent Riverside wait, Cali. Did I put a question mark? No, it's exclamation point. Oh, thank God. I was Cali like, <laughs> dude, what am I? Maybe like, that's Cali. what you're thinking oh, in the picture. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm just like, I mean, California, I'm so fucking stoned. Cali? Like, what am I gonna do? Uh, Cali? Am I there? Is this the beach? Well, if we have to go with the bro vibe, I think I, the next one might I'm help. I'm dreading the caption on my fucking <laughs> neck throat, because what if I got it wrong? The next one is lacrosse battle wounds. The fucker put his stick right into my throat. <laughs> This is so good. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for the last one. Do any little uh, you know those little fuckers <laughs> bust out and just come on everything. <laughs> All right, so the last one which is the uh Oh wait. Oh, we can see the captions of photos <gasps> we that can see aren't captions there. and photos that oh, aren't showing up. My god. This is oh the gift that keeps on giving. All right, so this one's the dinosaur one yeah, while yeah, he's yeah. sitting in our friend's lap and it says I don't even care that my eyes are closed. <laughs> That's all it says. Damn, dude. Damn. Oh, my God. I'm okay. so fucking deep. All right, we got to look at the other ones. The other one says future model right here. Right. For one we can't see. The other one is a little serious, but really, who gives a fuck? It capitalized. Damn, dude. <laughs> Damn, dude. This are you awesome. feeling the heat over there? Oh, my God. This is so great. And that, that's a that, fucking well, badass. Oh, Oh man, Mike's on sexy B. <laughs> oh, that's my buddy Mike. So there's from, like middle school. Picture of Yale's friend in like a B costume. Yeah. And and the caption is, ah man, Mike's on sexy B. I must have been a it must have been a music reference, right? No, I think you meant I missed a sexy B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them other bees don't know how to act. And then we do have one, me and Fufu. I have I could not tell you what that is for. Uh, but the last one says, "Yeah, baby, what section nine champs?" Oh, which is dope. I'm hoping it refers to our our soccer victory. It has to have been. But that would have been senior year, and I don't think we were still on MySpace then. <laughs> so you might have come back on, <laughs> or were you not checking MySpace? Oh, maybe I wasn't. I don't know. Section nine champs. That I mean, that had to have been high school. Yeah. Uh, did you win in lacrosse? No. So yeah, that was the only one. All right, well, so that that uh, let's see your does I, it for God, Yale's. That was truly rough. Now we're going to mine. My top eight. Yale Gropman is in my top oh, eight still. Fuck, dog. Yale Gropman's still in my top eight. Damn, dude, that's that's hot. My photos are not loading. That seems convenient. I know. I'm looking. Yeah. Some fucker stabbed his stick in my throat. 
lacrosse battle wounds. Oh, Damn. Mine are legitimately not loading, and I'm actually upset about this. I bet there's some good ones on there. I, w- I, I vividly remember like looking back a few years ago uh-huh. ha- and seeing that douchey one, and I was just like, I can erase this from existence forever. No, you can't. And I was just like, you know what? No. Let what, it live. Going back in the, the way, way, way back? Way back machine, baby. Let it live. If you want to see prime time Nile and Yale, there might be something on the internet that exists. Oh. We're not going to tell you what it is or where it is, but something exists on the internet of prime time Yale and Nile. Yeah, it's questionable. It's something. But anyways, what a that trip. was the MySpace vigilante. What a, what a throwback. I feel like... It was super convenient that none of your photos loaded, and I feel like I got a brunt of it, but I will take it. Callie? Question mark? Callie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. But I hope- I loved it. For everyone listening, I hope it was as much fun for you to, to get a little kind of throwback, maybe yeah. to your MySpace days. Some Build of your, the lore. Your younger fun day. Dude, look up your MySpace. See if send it to us. Yeah, send us your Weird MySpace. Wide Wed Pod at gmail.com. Send us your MySpace profiles. The funniest pictures you have. Maybe you have some lacrosse wounds or, or something maybe, else. Maybe. I'll judge them. See if they're as hard as mine. Yeah, and maybe we'll show you, uh, we'll show you ours if you show us yours. <laughs> hey, send those pics to uh, weirdwidewebpod at gmail.com. <laughs> And hey, I'm not going to give any more context. Hey, you hear about that hot 10-year-old, Dial? <laughs> Isn't he such a cool guy? Hey, that's been Dial and Yale in our second episode of season two, episode 15. Yes. What a fucking fun one. What a number. Back again. 15? <laughs> what a number, what dude. A number. Damn, dude. If you want to hear some stories about the internet that you love, that you want us to check out, investigate, write about, weirdwidewebpod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at weirdwidewebpod or go to Twitter where we won't answer. But then you can also <laughs> check us on YouTube at weirdwidewebpodcast or just weirdwidewebp. The. It'll come up in the search. Yeah, it'll it'll show up. And it'll also, just uh, continue listening wherever you're listening now, because you yeah. found us this time, so keep us. doing it. It's, it helps so much. Just a little share. Little family member. Hey, did you hear about this Sonichu thing? Wait. It's a big how, deal. How the fuck? You know what? We got to revisit all of our uh, little uh, links for where you can see us, because you know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to start a MySpace page. Oh. <gasps> Oh, with some links, maybe, maybe just to this episode, mm-hmm. and we'll see from there. But we're, you know what? Go on MySpace, search Weird Wide Web Pod, and you'll find us there too. Sure, let's do it. See you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.